Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, president and CEO of Gen Next Wealth, a financial planning and investment firm. Fee-only, might I add. So we are a fee-only financial planning and investment firm. Welcome to 2020. So this is our first show of 2020. As promised, I told you we would be doing a series this month. Uh, Every episode will be about health and fitness. And so with that, we're going to jump into an episode talking about food. And today we have our personal chef, Miss Chef Lauren Owens, has joined us on the show. And I am super excited to have her on. I follow her on Twitter and I follow her on Instagram, and she's always making these delicious looking snacks and and food. And so I thought, what better way to start out 2020 than with someone telling us about how important it is to eat healthy? So thanks for joining us today, Chef Lauren. Thank you for having me. Super excited. The FinTwit community, I feel like you are like the food advisor, right? We're all financial advisors, but I feel like Chef Lauren is our food advisor. Yes, I am a FinTwit's favorite chef, if I may say. I believe so. You guys have welcomed me into FinTwit, which I'm super excited about. And for those of you that don't know what FinTwit is, for some of the listeners that aren't on Twitter, FinTwit is a community of financial advisors that a pretty, pretty tight knit community. We can bounce questions off of each other. We do a lot of different things on there, but that's how Chef Lauren and I met. And today I wanted to just get into a little bit of her journey. She is a chef, as, as I've mentioned several times, but what does that mean? So we want to talk to Lauren a little bit about her journey and how she got started. And then, you know, what does it mean to be someone's personal chef? So we'll jump right in with, if Lauren, if you feel comfortable. Can you please give us a little bit of your background and your story? Sure. So I have been cooking basically for my whole life. I've been an industry chef for about 20 years or so. And I started out, you know, just in like a small mom and pop shop. I started out as in a sub shop, actually, just as a cashier and then doing some dishes. And then I started helping out making the subs. But when I was younger, Different from what I see now with children, when I was younger, I never grew up saying like, oh, I want to be a chef when I grow up. So I just always loved to cook, always found myself in the kitchen with somebody, always found myself, you know, cooking for people and just loving it. But I thought it was just something you do because everyone has to eat. It all, all, all also was like a chore, you know, in the house, we would have to, you know, help with dinner and things like that and, and, and stuff. So it never was in my brain as something like, oh, I want to be this have this as my career. As I started getting older and things started showing, I realized that, okay, I can do this for a career. And that happened for me in high school. We had a, like the cooking teacher there had like a, a fair, like a career fair. So different colleges came in and I was like, oh my gosh, there's colleges that are just for culinary, just for cooking. And I'm like, I could totally do this because I wasn't really that great in high school. I mean, grades, my grades were okay, but I had to like really put a whole lot of effort in them just to get like C's or, you know, <laughs> B's. But with cooking in my cooking class, I got A's and I did very well. Like teacher even used my notes mm-hmm. like in the class. So in high school. So when I'm like, oh, we can go to school just for cooking. I'm like, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. So then my whole mindset changed. And then that's when I started gearing into like wanting to be a chef professionally my senior year in high school. 
and I went to Middlesex County College and got my associate's degree there. And then I just started working in the industry from, from there. So that's how I, I kind of got started into the career and uh, building my passion for this industry as, as the time went on. Now, there's, you, you glossed over some parts of your coming up that you just can't gloss over. Like you had the title <laughs> of executive chef. Like you, that was like right before you went out on your own, right? Yes. So, so yeah, talk about that. We're just not going to skip over you being an executive chef. Okay. <laughs> yes. And we, it's not anything to skip over either. It was actually um, one of the biggest parts of my career. So I would say in, I started off in the sub shop. I had a few jobs in between there. Learn, got my line chops. We call them like cooking on the line. I got my line chops at Charlie Brown's, started cooking there, did a little stint in the city. And then Spent five years at the Hilton Short Hills where I learned a ton, did a lot of cooking there. Mm -hmm. After that, I started off in a restaurant group and was hired as a sous chef and worked my way up to running the restaurant. So I ended my stint, almost 10 years stint in that restaurant group of about 10 years as the executive chef. So I was running the restaurant alongside with the general manager, doing everything, the hiring, the firing, the ordering, you know, the building of the menus. You were the leader in the kitchen. So you, you know, were basically like the mom of all the line cooks, making sure everything was fine. Everything that had to do with anything in that restaurant, food wise, and sometimes other things, you know, came through me. That's awesome. So, so to like, just see, you know, finding out something that you're good at and that you're passionate about, like the passion that you speak about food with is, is why we have you on the show today. Like there, you can't make this up. So this is, this is awesome. And, and just to hear about you, like your journey as a chef and then ultimately become a, an executive chef and then to step out on your own. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we, as we get into this. But I, every time I see something from you on Twitter or on on Instagram, it's always, you always say, remember to eat your veggies. Yes. <laughs> you always say that. And so I like, I think that if we had to have a theme for this, I think it would be appropriate that it would be remember to eat your veggies, right? Awesome. Yes. It's a big yeah. deal. So, I mean, I, I, we couldn't name the episode anything else being that it's, you know, so near and dear to your heart. And maybe you can encourage all of us to eat more veggies by the end of the episode. So we'll, uh, <laughs> That's what I'm to do. <laughs> so let's talk about what does it mean to be someone's personal chef. And, and I'm going to say that, and I'm going to step back a little bit. And the reason why I'm saying it is because you think about all these people, you know, famous people. I think about people in Hollywood. I think about professional athletes. That's what I think about when I hear personal chef. I'm like, they have someone coming to their house cooking. And yeah, it's easy to get in shape when you have someone doing all that stuff for you. So, so what does it mean to be a personal chef? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. That's a great question because that's also what a lot of people think too. They have to, they think like they have to have, you know, a certain amount of money to have, be, have a personal chef. And, and, we can get a little bit into that too, but a lot of people, when they hear personal chef, they think of celebrities and, and along those lines as well. So for me, it's less about cooking. And of course I cook and it's less about like the actual meals that I'm making and more about the relationships that I'm building with people and the comfortability I'm cre creating around healthier eating. I work with a lot of extremely busy people that want to, to eat well and eat better and just eat consistently consistently healthy food. And it's hard to fit that into your schedule. So I try to create an experience along with building relationships and then also making it, you know, creating or showing enthusiasm around building better habits, showing them that they can do things. So it's more of a lifestyle change. I don't want to call myself a lifestyle coach by any means, but I am bringing tips and tricks into just creating a lifestyle. It's less about just like, here's your chicken and sweet potatoes, eat this. It's like, 
you know, substituting things in for the things that you're eating. So if you're eating something that I'm like, oh, why don't you switch it to this? Or how about we try this? So it's more about creating different habits around healthier eating. Creating habits around healthier eating. I, I like that because I think, you know, we all are victim of being, you know, wanting to make sure that we eat right and we do the things that are going to help us eat right. But then out of convenience, you know, because it's easy and cheap to go get some bad food. It's really easy and cheap to get bad food. So having someone like yourself to bounce ideas off of and substitute things is part of the services that you offer, correct? Yes, of okay. course. So now you have a passion for health and wellness, and I, I want to talk about that. Let's talk through that passion. Why is it so important for people to eat healthy? Why are you so passionate about it? What, what, is, what, what led to that? Well, let's see here. So I have, I, I have always liked my veggies. <laughs> I, even as a kid, I mean, you know, growing up in, in my household, we always, our plate consisted of, you know, a vegetable, a starch and a protein always. So we never not had vegetables. It was hardly never corn. You know, we don't consider corn to be a vegetable. It's kind of like a treat, but we always had some sort of green vegetable or, or, you know, very nutrient dense. So I don't think that it's that as I started to go into my career. So I always liked vegetables and it wasn't something that I just figured it was something that everybody did, you know, because I did it from a child. I just figured that everybody was eating their veggies. And as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that vegetables are this thing that people are kind of like scrunching their face at all the time or like, oh, they don't want to eat vegetables or it's such a chore. They don't know what a lot of vegetables are. They don't know how to prepare them. And if they are preparing them, they're preparing them in a way where they're adding so much junk to them that they're, you're kind of like, they're not even good for you anymore. So you have to like deep fry them in order to want to eat them or smother them with cheese and all sorts of stuff for them to even think about eating this green bean or whatever. So as I started to see that more and more, I'm like, you know what, like, this is something I need to latch onto. So I can say when I first started in my career, I just felt like everyone ate their vegetables. As I was moving along, I started focusing a lot on local vegetables, local to where you are. That's a really big thing to me too, supporting your local farmers and eating with the seasons mm -hmm. locally. Um, so I, that was part of my journey. I incorporate that. And now like along with that, I just want to make sure you guys are eating as many vegetables as possible. And it shouldn't be like something that is, you know, terrible about your day. Like oh, I had to eat veggies today or, Oh, I got to get these veggies in. But I want you to be excited about eating your veggies. And, you know, so that's why I'm creating this kind of movement around eating vegetables. And I get so many text messages and, and, you know, all sorts of messages about like, I ate my veggies today, or they're sending me pictures and stuff. So that makes mm -hmm. me so happy because I don't know, vegetables are good for you. And I think it's deeper than just them being good for you. Why, why is it so important for us to eat our veggies? Like I, I like I'm hearing you say that. And I, I know that as the listeners are, are, excuse me, are, are tuning in, they're going to think, okay, yeah, this is just someone else telling me to eat veggies, but why is it so important? What does it do to your body when you eat the, the right amount of veggies? I mean, and even like, what's the right amount yeah. too? So people are like, oh, I got to get a, my cup of vegetables. And I'm just like, no, like you should just be eating as many vegetables as you can. Eat them as a salad, eat them with your breakfast, eat them, you know, a, a part of your lunch, part of your dinner. I think like the mindset, even for me too, when I was younger, like how I said, we always had a plate and it always had the protein on there you know, a piece of chicken, a potato or rice, and then always a little portion of veggies. So that's kind of where our mindset goes. Oh, if we have veggies with dinner, we're good. But the more veggies you eat, I mean, obviously it's all about, I mean, and that's 
a deeper question, but it's all about your gut and a healthy gut and the, you know, the energy that it provides for you. And then I just think overall health comes from eating, eating. We're gonna, you know, we're not just going to gloss over that. Like you talked about <laughs> gut health and you talked about like, it's going to, so, so basically you're talking about being better as being better from the inside out. So like, I always think about this and, and, and I, I think this is a good time to, I always think about this. And, and what I think about is when I'm driving my car, we are my motorcycle for that matter. So if I'm driving my bike, anytime I put gas in my bike, I always put 91 octane. If they have 92, I'll put that, but always 91. I always put 91. I will not put anything less than that in my bike. In my car, it, it requires the premium fuel as well. So I do not put anything but premium fuel there. When it comes to premium fuel, I'm putting premium oil. I'm do Everything that goes into my car is the best. And you would think that if I feel that way about my car or my motorcycle, then I probably should be putting the best stuff inside of my body, right? Well, I'm happy you think that way. And that is a very good way to look at it. And I'm surprised that so many people don't. And that's what I talk about as well. And, you know, there's a lot of layered things as to why people don't like to or don't spend a lot of money on, you know, eating healthier. And, and we can get into the money part a little deeper. But, you know, when I get a lot of, oh, I'm not going to eat organic because it's or, you know, oh, you like I could get it here for this much. So that's a little bit deeper than just eating your vegetables. But like, so eating your vegetables overall is creating, you know, better habits, better choices. If you're full on vegetables, you're not grabbing for the chips and the other processed junk that you shouldn't be eating. So vegetables are extremely nutrient dense and they're mm -hmm. filling. So why not, you know, snack on carrots and cucumbers instead of eating pretzels and chips? You know, why not have an extra helping of green beans at dinner instead of having, you know, a dessert afterwards? And, I, and I'm all about dessert, mm -hmm. too. So, that, But, you know, you get full on vegetables. So why not all that nutrients and antioxidants and all that great stuff? Like, why aren't we eating more of that? So I, but you, you said something about gut health, because that's where I was going with that on the uh, the reason why I said that is because I'm putting this stuff in my car. Right. And the, it makes the car run better. Like there's a distinct difference between 91 gas and 87 gas, like or 92 gas and 87 gas. Like there's a distinct difference in the way that the car runs. So when you're talking about gut health and around what you're eating, how do vegetables help? And, and, and this may be something that you want to talk about, but I just wanted to put it out there because I'm thinking like, OK, so how does that gut health help from eating vegetables? Like how does that what does that do? So the, the, so like I said before, like with vegetables, like they are coming from the ground, they're filled with nutrients, filled with antioxidants, filled with all these different vitamins and minerals and great things. And that is the basis of what, you know, how our body works. So all these supplements that people are grabbing for medicines that people are grabbing for all that stuff is in food. It's definitely in vegetables. I mean, and there's, you know, lists and books and things that you can go and, and look onto and see like the things that you need, you know where does certain vitamins and nutrients come from? And you can get them from your broccoli. You can get them from your sweet potatoes. You get them from, you know, regular potatoes. I was just having a conversation with my father about regular potatoes versus sweet potatoes, but all those nutrients and vitamins and minerals are coming from the vegetables. And that's what we need to keep our gut healthy, to keep our bones healthy, healthy, to keep ourselves healthy in general. So I think that, you know, Sure, people want to supplement with different things and everything, but I think the basis of that comes from veggies. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Remember to eat your veggies. So, <laughs> so talk to us about how you educate your clients on healthy eating. Take us through how that goes. Like, you know, new client coming in, they're trying to make some changes to their diet. So how, how does how does Chef Lauren help them with that? 
Okay. So I create a pretty personal experience with my clients and that also goes into like what, what, what makes you a personal chef. So I'm building a relationship with you. So I actually recently he heard a lot about how, like say as a financial advisor, you would sit down and you're talking to your clients. You're not going to write away, ask certain questions. You're going to find out like what money means to them. You're going to see, you're not going to say like, well, how much do you have in your bank account? That's really not so important right away. So for me, I'm building a relationship with you. I'm going to see what your feelings are around food. Do you hate to cook? Do you love to eat so much? Do you, do you binge eat? Do you, are you so busy that you can't eat? You know, you can't prepare your meals. Uh, do you have any dietary restrictions? Do you have any health, you know, issues that you're working towards fixing? Do you have any, you know, weight goals that you're working towards? So I, I work on that first and kind of create like a little file about you, you know, obviously on paper or whatever, but try to see, you know, learn about you. And then we'll talk about, we get into the logistics of like how many meals you're looking for or what exactly you need. And then we'll kind of build from there. So I build my menus and the experience around you specifically. So we'll see how many times a week I'm going to come to your home and cook. We're going to see what I'm going to cook for you and how I'm going to build those meals and how I'm going to prepare it for you based upon uh, your needs or any dietary restrictions you have or any goals that you, that you have. Now, when you're doing this for someone, are you counting calories? I've never heard you talk about that. And I'm just curious about that. Are you counting calories for people? Are we doing macros or? I am not a calorie counter and I don't do macros and all that. Not that I don't believe in it overall. There it is a you know a bit of a science and I do follow some people that are really good at it and it works for them. That's not something that I do for myself. And not that I can't you know, do things for others that I don't necessarily follow. I do like to be educated in a little bit of everything, especially the things that I'm specifically speaking on. Calorie counting doesn't work for me and I don't wholeheartedly believe in it, but I know that certain people for certain goals do need it. And I, you know, I can work with them, but I don't, I don't really do that. It's not something that I focus on for me. It's all about creating better habits, like we said, and just getting, making sure you're eating better food, healthier food, more veggies, obviously. And then to me, you know, the calories and that counting, all that kind of just comes after that. And then also the calorie counting, it gets a little deeper into like, if you are a specific goal or something you're actually going for, like if you're in some sort of competition or, you know, weight competition or, you know, a fitness competition, something like that, and you want to look a certain way aesthetically, or you need to be a certain weight to maybe do some sort of task lifting or whatever they may, that may be. But I don't come across that too much with my client. Base. Okay. That's, that's fair. So if you were to like, you, you talk about habits a lot and, and you say eat more veggies, can you like, like when you're taking someone, you know, through, give us an example of like, you know, you kind of said broad stroking, like, you know, this is someone's coming in. Let's say we have a client, they want to lose, you know, very normal 10 to 15 pounds starting in January. Sure, you have. I'm sure probably people are like lining up right now to to do work with you, but I I'd, I'd want to know like what what are some of the habits that you're trying to instill in your clients beyond just I know it's eating veggies, but the how like how does that happen? Like it's just it sounds easy enough, but if you give us a way to get out of doing something, we will. And so if that's the you know like so can you talk through that for us, please? Sure. So it's. And, and you're right. If, if, if we give you a way to get out of it. So what I try to do is prevent the thing of you saying like, Oh, I can't eat my veggies because it's like too much work or whatever it may be. 
what I first do when I go into a people uh, to a person's home, I take a look at, you know, their kitchen, their refrigerator, their pantry, what they're holding in their cabinets. And we kind of do like, you know, I don't go throwing things away. I don't also, I don't believe in wasting, mm -hmm. but I just look and I'm like, okay, I kind of point out a few things and see what they're buying. And, and then maybe I might switch a few things out, use up everything. But as I start shopping for them or with them, then I start putting better things as choices in there that they're going to go ahead and grab along with the actual specific vegetable part of it is just being prepared. Mm. So just like anything else, you need to prepare for it. You do have to put a little work into making sure that vegetables are an option for you, but you can do that in a way where it just starts to become, like I said, a habit, you know? So if you're always just grabbing something on the go, then maybe the night before, or if I'm your personal chef, if I'm working with you, then I will have that available for you. So if you're, you know, grabbing to catch a train or you're running out of the house with the kids and you're going to work, like I'll have bags of veggies for you. So instead of you grabbing that muffin for breakfast, you know, you're grabbing a bag of cut up vegetables, maybe that you can just grab and snack on your commute or whatever that may be. Or even when you come home or for lunch, always have some raw vegetables. I think that's a good way to make sure you're always getting your veggies in is just having just cut up vegetables. Take a couple minutes to peel carrots, peel cucumbers, chop up some broccoli, just have that in little baggies works or Tupperware, whichever you use, just something that you always have accessible, like you can grab. That's a big, that's a big thing. And then also keeping all the other stuff, like stop buying the, you know, the processed snacks that you probably shouldn't be eating because if they're there, you're going to eat them. If you have vegetables and you have your options, don't have all the junk then you're going to be more likely to, if all you have is carrots, then that's what you're going to get. True. I mean, I think that when we go through our diet, we do extremes. Like I know when I'm going through and I, I like the, the example of you coming into the house and you're not throwing anything away. We're just saying we're going to replace this as time goes on. And I think that is one of the things that's going to lead to people being more successful with this is being able to make gradual changes to their dietary choices. Yeah, that too, because you also don't want to, so if I just came in and that's what some of these diets go wrong, but just thinking about me coming into your home. Now you're paying me to be your chef. I'm coming and cooking and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I'm like taking everything out of your cabinets, like throwing stuff away. You can't have this. You can't have that. All you can have is kale. Now you look at me like, you're crazy. Like I'm not only eating kale. Like some of these diets are so crazy. Like, you know, their people are starving themselves. They wrap their brains around just being able to have this where they they get discouraged. You know, that's why people fail at their diets. It's not a, you can't do, it's not a diet. It's just, that's why I try to ease people into it and make it a lifestyle. So they're just gradually going into, and they don't even really realize they're doing it. I don't give them some like mandated thing. Like you have to buy this and you can't get this and this, it just kind of happens. I'm coming in, I see them every week. I start replacing things. I start adding things and it tastes good. Mm -hmm. So like, Oh, where'd you get this? Or can I get this? Or, you know, can you make that for me again? Or whatever it may be. So it has to be, a gradual process because if you just like strip everybody everybody of what they've been doing for god knows how long and say you can only have this now it's not going to be as, as as fun and it's not realistic true and i think that's where we get into a lot of struggles with the diets and then you have so many diets you got the keto diet you got plant-based diet you got vegans you got vegetarians you have south beach you got paleo you i mean you have all these different diets and which one is right and which one should you do and and so, I mean, I've, I've dabbled in the plant-based diet a little bit, actually, remembering to eat my veggies. So I've dabbled in that a little bit and, and I like it. My, my body, I, I think that it's a lot of trial and error, like when you can feel how your body feels when you eat certain things. Like I know when I eat a steak, I feel different than when I eat chicken. <laughs> I know when I eat, you know, when I'm eating like black beans, 
opposed to eating a different type of protein, I know it does affect my body differently. So I, I think that as people are trying to make these changes in their life, lifestyle changes, not diet changes, not making, not, not yeah. following a fad diet, but just making some lifestyle changes. I think that, you know, thinking on the lines that you are, cause so, okay. So with your, with your clients, do you just serve clients in the Jersey area? Cause you said come to the house. Yeah. So I, I, I am based in New Jersey. I do do a little dabbling in New York city, but typically anywhere in New Jersey for the most okay. part is where my, my, Okay. So, and then I guess one of the things that I wanted to hear about was a little bit about your group training or not training or classes that you do when it comes to cooking food. Cause I think that's so interesting to me. I think, I think one thing that I can really say helps me is, is if my wife is in on this and we're doing this together, like if we're making dietary changes together, then it's more likely to happen. But we have to make it fun. And if your cooking class or, you know, cooking course can make making dinner with my wife fun, then we're more likely to keep trying to live that certain lifestyle. I always offer, you know, one-on-one cooking classes, cooking sessions with the group. I try to incorporate that with, you know, groups like team building and things like that, or families. We, I actually just signed up for, signed a few people up to do family cooking classes. So it's like, they're giving it as gifts. Now it's starting to catch on as a thing to do with your family or do as a group to, you know, build the team up. So I'll come into your home or to wherever we are actually doing the lesson. And we'll, obviously we have figured out, you know, sort of like the course of the lesson, or maybe we're just making a certain meal. And throughout that time, I'm showing them a little bit of knife skills. I'm kind of telling them about tips and tricks that they can do for less waste and how they can turn some of the things that they are throwing away into, you know, food or products, another dish rather. So I'll do, I like to do it with kids too. I do a lot of cooking classes. So everything I do is in home based or in some sort of like, if somebody has like a, like a group home or something then I'll go into that. But so I go into your home and if you're willing to have a group, I always say on my social media, if you're willing to have a gaggle of kids in your house, then I'm willing to be their chef. So I do a lot of kids cooking classes for like parties and events and things. I have a lot of couples that have me come over, you know, once a week or so to just cook with them. And then they're starting to, that's like you said, like if you, to make it fun for you guys to do it together. So whatever the actual clients need is or what their goal is, I work with them and do the cooking lessons in their home with them one-on-one. Nice. Good. That's cool. So I I know we didn't talk about any of the minority issues with, with food, but I know there's quite a few as, you know, as it pertains to some of the things that minorities eat. And we typically, you know, minorities are leading the country in high blood pressure, you know, hypertension, diabetes, heart disease. Like we, 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 we do a very bad job of eating the right foods as it pertains to minorities. Have you, have you seen, what are some of the things that you were seeing or changes that you're making with your clients that are minorities that need to make some better dietary choices? Is there, is there anything specific to that group of people? I would say maybe in some of the choices they're making in exactly what they're buying, the type of products they're buying. So less processed food, more, you know, whole foods, more veggies. And then when it comes like, so there's two types, there's either, you know, and not just minorities, but everybody, Mm -hmm. but also minorities too, but either you're buying a lot of processed food and buying a lot of out food. And I have to get them to transition to wanting to cook more at home and, or 
if they are cooking at home, they're probably used to cooking in a way that is not the best as far as health is concerned in the techniques they're using to cook their vegetables. So yeah, they might be eating vegetables, but you boil them to death or, you know, they're frying them or they're so much extra added stuff that, you know, that we've used in Southern cooking to make things taste better. So those habits, changing those things, eating the green beans a little on the crunchier side, you know, my grandma will be rolling over right now. Like you better cook those green beans, girl. You know, so, like, <laughs> so, you know, in collard greens, you know, maybe they should still be green when you're eating them. I don't know. So, <laughs> but so that's tough too, especially with some of the, old, the older generations of getting them to eat things less cooked or, you know, less salty or, you know, prepared in a way that doesn't involve frying and, and a deep saute and things like that. So, and that, you know, there's ways around that too, but, but I would say that's my hardest. That's the biggest challenge when it comes to minorities is to getting their brains away from some of the cooking styles and, and food that we're used to eating mac and cheese, all that kind of stuff every single day. Maybe it should just be a treat, you know, and not like you're regular eating. Like you, you mean um, having bacon, macaroni and cheese is not good every day. Like that's not good. Like that, you probably <laughs> not every day. I mean, I, I'm not too. I'm not. I don't really mind bacon if it's you know a high quality source of bacon, but and that's a whole nother thing. But as far as eating those those heavy dense foods every day, yeah, I think we. That's why I say eat your veggies because if you're gonna have some mac and cheese, if you cut it with kale, you know the way that your body reacts to eating things, you know, with the vegetables and breaking down the vegetables, it kind of allows your body to have other things too. So that's why I say have your cookie afterwards, but make sure you had a whole extra serving of vegetables. Makes you know? sense because it helps with digestion and body's ability yeah. to absorb the nutrients from the soup food that you're eating, right? I almost, I almost yeah. sounded like I know what I was talking about. Snuck that in. There on you me. go. <laughs> so this is the, uh, you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast and we're changing the complexion of wealth. And so these are, are some of those questions that I asked all my guests. So, so what motivates Chef Lauren to grow? What, what's your motivation? Ooh, good question. So I would say when I was younger, before I went out on my own, I would say what motivated me the most to grow and to continue to grow was a few things. I think I just, I wanted to be great. And I know that sounds like maybe kind of cliche or stupid and, you know, everybody wants to be great nowadays, but when I was younger and I wasn't, and this is going to sound, I wasn't really good at much, you know, like I wasn't a really great athlete. I wasn't really great at school. I'm kind of the corny one of the family, you know, always get made fun of and stuff like that. So like, I never really excelled in anything like, oh my gosh. And I kind of always had that in my heart. Like I wanted to be just great at something. And I kind of looked at cooking as just something I did. And I actually did it really well, even from small, but I didn't really look at that. Like I kind of just put that to the side, like, oh, this is just whatever. But when I said, oh my gosh, like this is what I'm going to do. I poured every single thing that I had into my career and into this passion of cooking. And because I just want it, like, I'm like, I'm going to be good at something. And like, but I realized that like, it was kind of already in me. It was something I was born with. And then I, that on top of the effort that I put in to actually excel. So that was a big motivation to me just to be great at something. And I, I did want to make my dad proud. That was something that was very near and dear to my heart. And of course, you know, he said it to me before, but I've noticed in like little things in my career where, you know, he might send me a message or say something. And it was like, that was always in the back of my brain because I wasn't a great student. I wasn't a star athlete. I come from a family of athletes. That wasn't my thing. And so I always had that in the back of my mind. Like I need to make my dad proud somehow. And uh, food was the way cooking my career was the way that I ended up doing that. So that motivated me 
quite a bit. And then I would say now overall, you know, I have a very tight, amazing circle. And I would say like who you are around and who, you know, you spend most of your time with and you see them growing and, you know, being superhumans and amazing and all that, you kind of want to, A, make sure you're bringing something to the circle, to the table that you're, you know, holding, carrying your weight because you want to, you know, be part of that group and make them proud too, I guess. And then, you know, how can you be around people like that and not also? So I think like seeing people, you keep your circle tight, seeing people like going and getting and growing, you want to do that too. And that's, you know, the case for me in that. And then, you know, along with the other family stuff too. Awesome. Do you think that education plays a big part in building wealth? Yes. <laughs> education, like, you know, going to Doesn't necessarily, school just, or just being educated. Just education in, period, in general doesn't necessarily mean that you had to go sit in, uh, you know, some type of university or anything like that. I'm just saying education. I would say yes. I, to me, I think knowledge is power. Even when I was, you know, a leader in the kitchen with my cooks, I was throwing them books and always giving them the more knowledge they had on the things that we were doing and in general, getting them excited about learning and growing. I wanted them to be me one day. I wanted them to grow into chefs and, you know, get motivated to do other things. And the, the less you know about anything, the less you're going to grow. So that, you know, you have advantage with the more that you know. So I do definitely think in every aspect of especially financially and in building wealth and knowing about money and understanding it. I could say like I came from a household we didn't necessarily struggle growing up. You know, money wasn't an issue, not that we were rolling in it or anything, but there wasn't an issue. And, you know, I was taught to save and I, I was taught to work for it and I understood. And then as I got older, I missed a little bit. Like I didn't necessarily know too much about investing or, you know, 401ks, I got into the workplace, all that stuff. So the more you know about things and in every way, the knowledge and being exposed to things, of course, I think that had pays a big part in being in, in wealth and growing and all that. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. If you could offer one piece of advice or a piece of advice to our listeners, what would that, what would that advice be? I can't say eat your veggies. Yeah. <laughs> The, the episodes remember to eat your veggies, so we're pounding them with that. If people listen to this and they don't eat veggies, we're going to have some problems. <laughs> I would say just to be patient overall with with yourself and with your goals and your growth and just to continue to believe in yourself and whatever it is that you when you put like a goal out there, whatever it is, just make sure that you believe in yourself as you're getting closer and closer to it. And I would say, honestly, and one thing that has been resonated with me quite a bit is just to stay faithful in the dark. So, you know, building my own business hasn't necessarily been the easiest thing. I come from always working in, in a corporate setting. I've always had a job. You know, I just, I left a six figure job to build my own business and have no idea when I was going to get paid, if I was going to get paid, but I got a little crazy at, you know, some point I'm only about almost three years in and it's things are starting to roll but in that dark place when you're like oh, am I going to be able to pay my rent you have to stay faithful then because that's when it matters you can't give up in that part because you're going to be able to catapult yourself into the next next part of your your journey so I was just you know just stay faithful and and stay grateful and stay happy and and all that in that time be happy when it sucks because <laughs> that was kind of like pushes you through for me at least it did powerful I love it love that chef one last thing. What do you always say? What is today? Tell me what today is. It is a beautiful day to get better. You heard it from Chef Lauren. <laughs> you heard it from Chef Lauren. Remember to eat your veggies. And today is a beautiful day to get better. This is the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in whatever podcast app you're listening to on now. 
and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and to be supported by others just like you. And again, we're super happy to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it cannot be completely your one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But guess what? If you have any questions, or maybe you just like to chat, please reach out to me directly at imlin at minoritymoney.com so that we can get to know each other there. Thanks for being here, and we're signing off.